0: Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin, and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and if the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life. For all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in, so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased... Grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord.
1: thank you so much, Ruth, for that, and Philippa for the prayer, but also the band for leading us in time of worship. Good morning, friends. The word of God is good news. And so I got good news for us this, this morning. And if you forget everything I will say, I'm praying that you have this thought in your mind this morning which comes on the screen. The next one. That's it. It is through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we believers will reign as kings in life. Because through him, We have been transferred from the dominion where sin and death are in control into a new realm in which God's superabunding grace reigns as a mighty and victorious king and where eternal life is the eventual outcome. In other words, we believers are described as uh, those who are able or should be able to look forward to reigning in life through Jesus Christ uh, our Lord. As verse 17 says, I read, for is. By the, if the, by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And not only that, we believers should enjoy, or uh, we are people who enjoy the privileges of being and living a surprising new life, full of new possibilities in the kingdom, as verse 20 and verse 21 says, governed by the reigning God's grace as an energetic ruler. For we read, but where sins increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, awaken us to this fact that we shall reign, that we live in a new kingdom. By the power of your Spirit, continue to speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the many things that caught my attention while I was prayerfully looking at this important passage in the book of Romans is the repetition of the word rain, rain, rain. It appeared five times. In other words, this passage is filled with what we can call. Um, this makes sense in our culture here. Monarch. If I just say monarch to Congo, they're going to say what? So this passage is filled with monarchs or rulers, sovereign, crowned head, kings or queens. In fact, there are four monarchs, as we can see on the screen. There is death, there is a sin, there is believers, but also grace. All reigns, each one of them. The first two are connected with water. Our solidarity with Adam has meant for us. The word solidarity is very important, particularly in this, these days. I don't have time to go in detail. You know my catchphrase. But because of Adam's disobedience, death became king and reigned. Surprisingly, when you go back to the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 5, there's this solemn repetition that no matter how long a person lived, you'll hear at the end, and then he died. And then he died. Even Methuselah. Who lived for nine hundred and sixty-nine years, and then he died. It's because of that one man's sin and disobedience. Death reigned, or perhaps we can say still reigns. But also, it reigns because the sin reigned, and the sin still reigned. In many people's life. So, in other words, in Adam's, we lost our kingship. Or to use a, an epic poem of someone you might know here, I yeah, give you the homework. It's basically say, it's paradise lost. Yes. Paradise lost. Because of that one man's sin. But then came the good news. The good news is that uh, Jesus came. And when he came, because in him, we now enter a new kingdom. Last week in the most, one of the most powerful sermon delivered by David Moffitt, our dear brother. We heard him mention the phrase, much more. By the way, I got an email from a recycled teenager. If you don't know who the recycled teenager is, is someone who is older, more older than me. And I call them recycled teenagers. After hearing that powerful sermon, she wrote it to me, say, I need to know more. Can we explore A, B, C, D? At list? And I'm like, these recycled teenagers are on fire for the Lord. And I can't wait to begin to explore as a church these things. In fact, the whole of chapter 5 can be called a chapter of much more. Because look, not only in that section which David took us, but even in this passage today, three times, Five times, sorry, this uh, phrase much more. Verse 14, verse 15, 17, and then three times, verse 21. Don't go into those things. But simply to say that once we sinners repent, we receive much more in Christ than we lost to Adam. for God in Christ has done far, far more than we can imagine. Interestingly, this phrase much more is linked with God's grace gift in our passage here, which is available through Christ's works to all believers. That is to say, that Christ's work in dying on the cross and rising from the dead, not only undid or cancelled the mischief, the damage caused by sin by Adam, but also lift up anyone who believes to a new plan altogether giving that person a new possibility. It gives us that relationship that even Adam has never dreamed before. In other words, the work of Jesus Christ at the cross, as he died, but also he rose from the dead, Not only regained for us is paradise regained, but paradise regains plus much more. And I want to explore two things of this much more. Number one, that through Jesus Christ our Lord, we await to reigning as kings in life. If you're a lady, you say, I don't want to be a king because I'll be a queen. That's fine. But I'm just putting it general. We await the friends. Again, look at verse 17. Yes, we shall reign. We shall reign mightily. We shall reign victoriously. This is not the language of Paul normally you hear. The language of believers reigning in the future. This is the language we echo in the book of Revelation, where, for instance, in the last chapter of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 5, we hear that believers, saints, are regarded as kings who shall reign forever and ever in the new heaven and the new earth. I was sharing this to my wife and she said, I can't wait. To reign. Friends, we gladly share, we will gladly share Christ's royal authority and glory. And we will live like kings in the palaces of God, in the new creation. I thought, what a fantastic reward awaits us on the other side. What an inestimable privilege is ours. What an honor, what a grace. That reign, my friends, is a blessed and exalted state. Now, we have no idea what that particular role and responsibility of that reign entails or will entails. And actually, there is no point in wasting our time on idle speculation. Suffice to say that when we get there, we will find out soon enough. In other words, there are so many questions which remain unanswered, but one day we will come out of the dark into God's eternal light, and then all the problems will be solved and all the mystery revealed. And to join Paul himself saying, I know only in part now, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. The new heaven and the new creation which we shall explore when we come to chapter 8, verse 17 or verse 18, all the way to verse 26 Is more than a destination, my friends. It is a motivation knowing that we shall dwell there eternally should make a huge difference in our lives at the moment. The exhilarating prospect of the there and then should spur us or should motivate us on the here and now. It should motivate us to live today in the light of tomorrow. It was the prospect of a brighter, better tomorrow that enabled the patriots, the people, the saints of the past, to walk with God in an alien society. If you read, for instance, Hebrews chapter 11, you will see that they served God to the best of their ability because they were looking forward to something brighter and better. The same can be said for the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that the joy, heaven, was just around the corner He could endure the suffering, the agony, the shame of the cross. It makes all the difference, my dear friends, in this world, if we keep heaven to the front of our mind. It makes a word of difference to our mindset in relation to all that is happening around us. I think this is—I have a deep conviction—we become poorer and poorer by focusing more on the here and the now than it was. I'm not saying I'm not a heavenly as they—they they, they can labor easily, person heavenly-minded. No, we have the feet on the ground, but if we lose the balance we become much poorer. Because it is there in the new creation that is the victory. By fixing our eyes on what lies ahead of us, we await, while we await that uh, fact of us reigning in life forever and ever, Will encourage us. In fact, this reign that we wait, we await. If we forward the picture in the book of Romans, already in chapter 16, towards the end, verse 20, because this church to whom Paul was writing, these people, they had problems, they had difficulties. And then in that verse 20 he says, he's making kind of like a prayer. Before that he says, the God of peace will soon crash Satan under your feet. Think about it. Crash Satan under your and mine feet. The same Guy who is uh, apparently making some victories, the same enemy who is uh, working and causing disharmony among us, the same guy who is causing confusion in, among the saints, even us in our families as a Christians, the same enemy the very feet of those he now despise and hate and seek to overthrow. One day, the Lord is going to crush him under our feet. That's victory. That's an encouragement, I think, to anyone who is under stress and trouble, trial, the day is coming, my dear friend, when all our spiritual worth will be over. The day is coming and the victory shall be ours, those who are in Jesus Christ. But in a sense, this future reign that awaits us to Manifest fully, our mighty reigning has already begun with us in Christ. Because even now Jesus reigns. And as he reigns, we are in him. So we are reigning as well with Jesus. You may say, Abi. Look at the difficulties, look at the problems, look at the tragedy, look at the illness, look at how perhaps cancer is making my life miserable, how, how, how I'm caught up in this spiritual. It doesn't look like I am reigning as a king or as a queen. It may sound like that. It may look like that. And as I talk to some of you, the other day you're just sitting in front of someone, and as I look at the empty chair, perhaps the person even listening to me, he he busted in tears, because the loved one is no longer there. Am I reigning, or am I losing? But the fact is, my dear friends, First of all, we have been delivered from death because we are in Christ who conquered death. That's a fact. Nothing to do with feeling. We have been redeemed from the slavery of fear of death. Sometime we are like Saul. Saul was anointed as king. He has been anointed. But then, when they were looking for him, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 22-23, the Lord said, Behold, he has hidden himself among the baggages. He is a king, but he's hiding. I don't know what baggage in which you are swallowed up. The baggage of life, stuff, perhaps of earthly good or ambition or religion traditions or pleasure or fear or inadequacy, feeling and fate. But you are already a king, you are a queen. Satan is deadly jealous of the church of God because he knows that the church will share Christ's throne and soon reign with him in indescribable glory. So he will blind us if he can to our present place of royal power of life in Christ. Making us feel like we are defeated and immersed in doubt as if the Lord doesn't reign. David Livingstone, he saw himself as inadequate, but then this is what he said: I, in one of his diary, I found, I found that I have no unusual endowment of intellect, but uh, I this day resolved that I would be a common Christian. Friends, I have been, many a time I feel rubbish. And I've been some time in the meetings when people even make fun of me and I listen to that and I just laugh. I know some of my unusual endowment of intellect. I'm not that clever. But I pray inside that I may be a common Christian. In other words, one who lives a victorious life in Jesus Christ. And you student in particular, you'll be feeling that in this university you are swallowed up. But if you are In Christ, you live an uncommon life. Oh, may our life one day be summarized by this glorious phrase from Paul to say, He or she reigned in life through Jesus Christ, overseen, certain, the world, difficulty, adverse circumstances, and surrounding. Even as we await for. The fact of us reigning. Let me finish quickly with this so that we can move to communion. Number two, through Jesus Christ our Lord, not only we are waiting to reigning as kings in life, but actually we have changed. We have changed the location. And in that location, in It's a new domain. We have been taken out of the domain of darkness, of the domain of the control of those two monarchs, death and sin, into a domain where we are living under grace as a powerful and victorious king. In two weeks' times, God willing, we'll be exploring more about this we believers expect, escaped our totalitarian tyranny or rule and are now under grace. God's grace, God's superbanding grace, God's grace which abound beyond measure, God's grace which brings genuine and lasting freedom from sin's dominion, God's grace that is more powerful than sin, God's sufficient grace, God's grace that is more than enough Adequate to deal with all our sins. That's what you find in verse 20 and 21. Christ brought grace to us. That grace has its active, has an active role. And its role is to reign in us. However deep in power. Of sin you may have sunk, my dear friend. God's grace is still deeper. No matter how far sin has taken you, grace can go further with you. There is no situation where the grace of God is found to fall short as being unable to meet the challenge through Brought about by the abounding sin, God's grace. Paul himself knows I am what I am by the grace of God. The grace that saved him, a free gift. And it has a goal to give us eternal life at the end. It revealed the character of the one who exercised that in our lives. God himself. So it comes down to this. God's superbounding grace should enable us to pause time and again. Appreciate and worship God. Adore him. It is a keynote of our praise, worship an incentive to dedicate our lives anew. Oh to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I am constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a feather bide my wandering heart to you. There is more good news, but for today. Let's know that if we are looking forward to reigning, and if we are reigning now, and we are in another planet, although we are here on earth, all, it's because of God's work through Jesus Christ. That's the last thing. That phrase, we shall explore that as we go. But it is every section of this chapter of this block of chapter five to eight, you hear all God has done. it is through Jesus Christ. Our faith in Him make us reign. Our faith in Him make us the grace that pulls us out of the pit, and we can proclaim. Oh Lord, you are my salvation. To him be the glory. Amen.